This is the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. SEMrush, I can't say enough about this particular platform. It's an all-in-one tool suite for improving online visibility and discovering marketing insights. So SEO, content marketing, competitor research, PPC, and social media marketing, you can get that all in just one platform. So I encourage you to visit my show notes and unlock free access. No, I didn't stutter. Free access to backlink analytics now. You're listening to Sweet Bites with Sandra with your host, Dr. Sandra Coltimedisi. Follow on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Dr. Sandra Coltimedisi. You can listen to the podcast live on Fireside and learn about upcoming course announcements, coaching programs, working one-on-one with Sandra, and new template releases by visiting collegeofstyle.com. Join Sandra on TikTok, Pinterest, and Twitter at College of Style today. Hi, I'm Sandra, and I'd like to invite you to subscribe and listen to my new podcast, Sweet Pipes with Sandra. Satisfy your entrepreneurial sweet tooth in each episode full of digital business tips, inspiring interviews, asides from my entertainment career, and rewards to celebrate your sweet success. Find Sweet Bites with Sandra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 45 of the Sweet Bites with Sandra podcast. I'm really excited about having this guest on the episode today. Her name is Anastasia Boone Talton, and she has a new book that came out on Amazon. It is called Black Unicorn in Silicon Valley, a memoir. I am so excited to have her on. So take a listen to the interview a little bit later. Just for you, mm -hmm, I'm always covering your back. (laughs) I found some awesome Instagram stories, stickers for you. So if you go into the GIF button, you can search it and search for the words Blue Christmas. You can also search Pink Pandas and also The Blue Mornings. Check them out, use them on your stories and have a blast. College of Style is ready with a great shopping experience for you this holiday season. And better yet, to say thank you for shopping my store, use the discount code Hello 15 to get 15% off of your first order. Visit shopcollegeofstyle.com and type in hello15 at checkout and then tag me on socials and let me know how you like your purchase. All right. Welcome back to Sweet Bites with Sandra, the podcast. I am so lucky to be joined today um, by a very, very exciting new author. Um, she actually just hit number one on Amazon and her name is Anastasia Boone Talton. Thank you so much for joining me. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. Awesome. Well, let me just tell everybody what the book title is, because I think it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I I just think, you know, you when you have a great title that, you know, helps the book Mm -hmm. sell more, obviously, Um, but it is called (laughs) Black Unicorn in Silicon Valley, a memoir by Anastasia Boone Talton. And you obviously are the author. So let's just get into some of the things I always ask people on my podcast. What inspired you every day? Let's just start there. What inspires me every day? Uh, My kids, you know, being a voice and being resilient and showing them what power and using your voice, what, you know, what changes you can make in this world. They inspire me every day, literally, my little ones. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I actually have the book right here. So mm -hmm. she's giving you equality on her shirt. And that means that you're wearing that every (laughs) single day. Um, You know, not just 
outside, but inside. And I think that that's right. really a big thing that we, you know, you're talking about your kids. Like we, we are instilling these things in our children every single mm -hmm. day because we see it um, not being played out fairly um, out there on the playing field. Right. So um, some right. of the things that, that we talk about on the podcast, we talk about business, we talk about industry, we talk about um, mm -hmm. leader leadership and, you know, things that I think people really need to kind of keep hearing because it's not a conversation we have once. So talk about what it feels like, because you've worked in um, a lot of different spaces. Uh, you know, I think you had some PricewaterhouseCoopers experience. You've yeah. had some Facebook experience. You've had, um, I think, some Wells Fargo experience. Yeah. I mean, you've, there's a, those are big, big names. So how does it right. feel to be in those kind of corporate environments? Because it takes a lot to get your foot in the door in some of those places. It does. And then too, you know, a lot of times, you know, personally, I was the only person of color a lot of times at the seat at the table, right? Um, it's different, definitely a different industry. I'm a small town girl. I come from a small town, you know, so of course it was intimidating at first, right? But I think that as I navigated my career and figured out, you know, the trajectory of my career and where I wanted to go, because I wanted to create my journey in my career, yeah. it definitely was rewarding. But they, those are some very large companies. And again, you know, just being able to grace those companies with my presence and my experience and, you know, being living in my truth and being able to be my authentic self was just absolutely amazing. Absolutely right. amazing. Well, and mm -hmm. so in the book, you talk about being a champion for change. And so mm -hmm. I know that I don't want to give the book away, <laughs> but if you could <laughs> just give, give our listeners a little bit of a synopsis of what you're talking about, because it is a memoir. So you're talking about, you know, mm. your college time and, you know, growing up and moving around and marriage and unmarriage and, you know, all these things. So that's my little, very brief synopsis, but give us a mm -hmm. little bit of juice. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So being a champion for change really came about when I got to the Bay Area. Um, the Bay Area is something different, right? It's totally different from the South. It's totally different than every, anything I've ever experienced. Uh -huh. And in going to the Bay, you know, I faced a lot of discrimination. I faced a lot of bigotry, a lot, a lot of racism. It was just a place that I wasn't ready for, honestly. Mentally, like, I just really wasn't ready. Um, and so being a champion for change was me speaking out against the injustices that are going on in the Bay Area. Because there's so many people that look like me that are there they don't know how to use their voice. They don't know how to speak out against these things. So mm -hmm. I wanted to be that person to show, hey, you can do it. You know, you can use your voice, amplify your voice, make a social change and make sure that you're using your voice for that change for the people that are coming behind us, right? Our generations, our little ones that are looking up to us every day, seeing how we navigate life. So that's, that's my piece as to, you know, you know, what social change looks like for me, why I decided to do all of this, you know, it's, it's definitely for the ones that come after me, but I, I experienced so much in the Bay. Like I'm still literally going through a therapist. Like it's a lot, you know, it's a yeah. lot first being a person of color and having to navigate into the world and the mm. career spaces, the social spaces. But when you add layers on top of that, you know, layers on top of layers on top of layers, it gets to be a lot. So yeah. I'm all about using your voice. I'm all about amplifying your voice. And that's why I spoke out against a lot of the things that were happening in the Bay Area. So when you talk about, because I'm just going to, um, I think that your title um, at one of the tech, biggest technology companies in the world <laughs> um, mm -hmm. was senior, <laughs> was it like senior director of uh, diversity inclusion of recruiting or is something in that vein? 
I was a senior talent acquisition acquisition. um, partner. So basically focusing on bringing, you know, people of color and people who identify as diverse to the organization that included, you know, recruiting strategies, recruiting individuals for those high level positions so that we can get more people of color in those executive level roles. Right. Well, so Mm -hmm. I, and everyone probably along the way, you know, the one thing that you have to do every single year, I believe, or even just every time you have a significant change is update your resume. And I think that that's horrible. (laughs) I don't like it. I don't want to do it. I never, you know, you get it. You're always like searching for that file. Like what was the last time I, what did I name it last time? Right. And you're always looking for it and you get in there. And so you probably have a few tips that you can probably let us in on um, as far as what, recruiters are looking for um, when they're surveying all these all this data you know like I always say you know like put your name at the top like that's number one like it'll get you through the SAT and it'll get you you know in the door (laughs) on your resume but there are so many things that I'm just like why you know when when you look at like Mm -hmm. HR as far as like the recruiting aspect or even Mm -hmm. once you're in the door like why you do certain things Maybe you can shed some light on what you were looking for, you know, because maybe there are people of color that are listening to this particular podcast specifically, uh, you know, tuning in their fine tuning ear, you know, (laughs) listening skills right now to know, okay, like, what was she looking for that would have gotten me at least into the interview process, right? Right. Absolutely. As a recruiter, I'm always looking for a builder. Right. I'm always looking for someone who's built something, who has the skill set and the drive, right, to build something that's never been built before. When you work in tech, a lot of the recruiters, they're looking for something that you built on your own. Um, you know, even if it's just a website, if it's a developed website, if you're building an app, like those things like that are so amazing to recruiters, they're like, oh, you're a builder. I absolutely love it. I want to see that on your resume. I want to see how you've collaborated with partners, how you've created things from scratch that wasn't built before, and how you revamped or retweaked things within the organization that, again, haven't been thought of before. I'm looking for, you know, just those little nuggets that you can collaborate with partners, that you can you know, take that extra step to build something, again, that's never been built before, but then also tweak it and make it your own. You know, that is what recruiters are looking for. They're looking for, you know, people who are able to do those things. And then also, you know, always building upon your resume. We talk about our resume and how you have to always update it, right? It can be a task. You know, I've been doing resumes now for about 10 years and I look at mine sometime and I'm like, uh, you know, but, (laughs) but, it's important to make sure you keep it updated, you know, and make sure that you're continuing to build upon your resume because your resume gets in the room before you even make it to the room, right? That's what I want listeners to understand. Your resume gets there and that's your presence and your brand before you walk in that door. So you want to make sure that it speaks to all of the awesome things that you've done, all the amazing things that you've built and all the amazing partnerships that you've had over the course of your career. Exactly. And I know that it's like, like you said, it's a task and it's daunting sometimes. And and then you wonder like, okay, well, you know, every single job, I know that obviously for, for what I've experienced is you're supposed to write a new cover letter for every job that you're applying for, but you know, revamping your resume for every job is so like, I don't even want to think about it anymore. So we're going to move on to another another topic Um, because big fan of cover letters. I just want to say that as a recruiter, no, as a recruiter, all of those companies I worked at, I'm getting thousands of applications, resumes every day. 
to be honest with you, recruiters have about five to 10 seconds to look at your resume to see if they want to call you. That's the, that's the, that's the truth. Right. And your cover letter is great, but I tell a lot of my clients, you know, focus on your resume because that's what the hiring manager is going to see. A lot of recruiters don't even look at cover letters. They don't have the time. Is it something, okay, let me ask you this then, because you've been in it. So are we, are we all writing cover letters because it's a requirement? And if you don't, you get, you don't get looked at, but they don't even, you know, like, like it's like kind of like that catch 22, like you write it, but they don't look at it, but you you can't get looked at if you don't write it. But you you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, a lot of companies do require cover letters and the crazy part is, you know, if they have the the bandwidth to really look at it, they're going to dive in and kind of see the work that you've done. But again, your resume is really what's going to speak to the work that you've done. And again, that's what's going to make it to the hiring manager and get you in the door. Yeah, I just I find it very interesting, like this whole process, because, you know, you are passionate in a lot of different areas. And and I think that in your book, you, you had somebody actually mentioned when you were thinking about going back to school about seeking out a master's degree or some higher um, degree in human resources and how Mm -hmm. that sounded really daunting to you. Um, So maybe you can talk about, you know, taking that leap of faith on yourself, because I know you also are a very spiritual person as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I didn't do well in undergrad, full transparency, right? I got kicked out. I I literally had to just revamp my life and go back to school. So for me, you know, taking that extra step to get higher education, it was daunting. I'm a first graduate college student in my family. So for me, I was like, okay, I got the bachelor's degree. I'm good. I did amazing, right? Great, pat on the back, right? But, you know, for me to go back and get that additional education to really follow my passion and really follow what I thought was my journey, you know, in my career, it... It can be, again, it can be super daunting, but it was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had in my life. I had an opportunity to partner and work on research that I never thought that I ever would have had the opportunity to work on, you know, and secondary education and that postgraduate education is so important for the research side. It develops you as an individual within the business acumen. It gives you the opportunity to, again, collaborate with people, you know, who are diverse groups, right? Different perspectives, different journeys, first of all, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was an absolute amazing experience. And my tip to people who are thinking about going and get that additional education, you know, you can do it. You can definitely do it. You know, it's something where it's a mind thing. I can say for me that I almost gave up before I even started. But it was a mind thing, you know, so it can definitely be done. You can definitely dive into the work and help yourself with your career going forward. It definitely gives you that step ahead advantage. Right. And separates you probably a little bit from the competition. Um, I know that you mentioned collaboration. And that was another question I wanted to ask you is, you know, who have you worked with along the way that you maybe consider one of your favorite people to work with or or favorite collaborators? Um, It could be like anyone from you know, um, business leader to, you know, friend or family. I know a lot of people have actually said, you know, I worked with my sister and that was the best experience. You know, So who is one of the people that you've worked with along the way who you just had the best experience with and, you know, would love to do it again? Absolutely. I can say my marketing team. My marketing team is absolutely amazing. 
They challenge me every day to think outside of the box, right? Because I'm always in that HR headspace, right? But when I think about just marketing, getting to my audience, getting to my community and being involved, they challenge me every day to really figure out what that looks like. I absolutely love working with my marketing team. They are very, very talented, knowledgeable about all of the things in marketing, all of the things in branding. They are people that I know that I'm going to have on my team forever. Absolutely. They challenge me every day. And I know, I already know I'm going to work with them forever. So it, it's no question. No question. <laughs> Do they know that they're going to work with you forever? I'm going to let them know after this. That <laughs> if you didn't know, I'm working with you forever. You can't Did go you? anywhere. Right. <laughs> well, so I, you mentioned, um, you know, long nights doing your, um, your secondary, like your MBA. So, right. um, and I've been there because I went back to school as well. And, and I think that the sacrifice that people make when you, when you push yourself, Mm -hmm. um, definitely you reap the rewards. And Mm -hmm. I know that you and your career, you have just kind of like kept going up and up and up, but you mentioned in the book that I'm, I'm forgetting who it was that had told you in your undergrad about making your own path, like making your own job or, or something yes. of, a, along that way. So can you repeat that quote? Because I, I loved it. And I was just like, that is something people really need. Absolutely. To um, my dean at Fort Valley State University, absolutely love him. He was amazing. He told me if there isn't a job for you, you make it. You make what that journey looks like. You navigate through that process and make yourself a subject matter expert so that you can create that journey for yourself. So he was all about, you know, there are jobs out there. Great absolutely wonderful but guess what there's uh, there's thousands of business students that are graduating on the same day that you are how are you going to stand out how are you going to make yourself marketable against the competition and his main thing was if there's not a job for you you make it you create it you be that subject matter expert and make your own path so I absolutely love him and I carry that with me every day all through Throughout my career, you can see I've always done those jobs where it's been a hodgepodge of things, but I've been able to really use my skill set, really use my niche, right, and making change in those organizations. Okay, so you talked hodgepodge. Now I have to talk about this uh, super talent that you have for hitting and exceeding quotas. So <laughs> I know that a lot of times people hear that word, and you were talking about this in your book um, about that word specifically being super daunting. Um, and I've used that word so many times in this interview, but it, a lot of what you talk about in the book is about facing challenges. And so what are some of the things as far as, um, you know, maybe a tip or two that you can help people understand how to navigate through challenges in the workforce um, that maybe you can give maybe a tip or two? Absolutely. Navigating challenges in the workforce, first of all, starts in our mind right? We have to believe in ourselves. We have to, and of course, I'm a spiritual person, right? So I'm always doing those self-affirmations to myself and pouring into myself, right? So it starts in your mind. It starts there. But how do you navigate those things is, you know, the resilience piece, right? You have to have that resilience. You have to have that motivation and you have to have that drive and, and look at it as it's not just for me. Think about how this is going to empower so many people who, who you come in contact with and who you, you have those conversations with and who you partner with, right? Think about how that's going to help them and not just help you. Because I do talk about in the book as well, it's not all about you. It's about how you can help other people, how you can pour into other people and drive other people to get to where they want to be on their journey as well. Yeah. Well, 
you so you say so many things in this book and that's why I think people really need to go and get it. I actually oh. wanted to let people know that I actually met you through a social audio experience on Twitter yes. spaces. And so when you think about how you're going to meet people and how you're going to connect or even just do that random mingling networking thing, mm-hmm. you meet the best people in the most randomest places. <laughs> you um, do. You do. So, I, and this is one of those examples is that, you know, we're all in quarantine, we're doing new and different things. We end up on Twitter spaces. Oh my gosh, you have a book. What's it about? Uh, you're, you need to be a guest on my podcast. So there's a lot of ways to have those connections. I have a random question. I didn't even tell you I was going to ask this, but what is something that you've seen on a resume or ha- that has come past you as far as when you've been recruiting that you were like, never do this, never do that on, on something that you are expecting to hear back from, <laughs> because I, I'm sure you've seen it all. I've seen it all. I've seen one that I can specifically speak to is on someone's resume, they wrote a note to the recruiter saying, if you don't call me for this job, I will never apply for another job with this company again. They literally wrote this on the resume. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, because I'm all about confidence. I'm all about believing in yourself. But that was just a step. And the person sent me an email after that, after that. So that's the one thing I can say, you know, those, those notes where you're adding in just a little too much confidence to the recruiter. Just let me look at your resume. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me do my job. Right. <laughs> let me do my job. Um, another thing I can say, what I tell a lot of people as well, because I do work with organizations on how to review resumes without bias. Right. A lot of times you don't want to put in your social organizations, like your fraternities, your sororities, Those are some things that people don't know that you don't want to add in because if there's bias from the recruiter or the hiring manager, guess what? Now you've probably excluded yourself from an opportunity. And we all want to think that that shouldn't happen. And I mean, it couldn't happen and it shouldn't happen, right? Right, right? But the reality is people, a lot of people who review resumes, they're biased. So those are some things that you don't want to include. Now you can always speak to those things, you know, activities that you've done in the community, but I tell people not to put those type of things on their resume just because you don't want to exclude yourself from someone who may be biased. Well, so how do you, um, because we were, I was just having this conversation with someone else, um, about how their name, um, could, Mm -hmm could trigger some sort of bias, right? Based on, you know, if they have a traditional um, mm-hmm. cultural name, this was an Asian American that I was um, speaking mm-hmm. with and, and how that could get them in the door or not get them in the door, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and I have worked in Hollywood for a long time and stage names are a thing, right? So how do you feel about people who are positioning? I shouldn't say about the people, but about the practice of renaming or changing things to reposition yourself in a marketplace that has bias? I think that it can, it has pros and cons, right? It can be beneficial for you in one aspect. And then also in another aspect, it can work as a con because, you know, depending on how you brand yourself, it's important that if you rebrand yourself with, you know, for instance, the name thing, right? If you're rebranding yourself, that you're solid behind that brand and you're positive behind that brand, right? I'm all about branding. I'm all about how you brand yourself. But I think from a pro standpoint in the aspect of your career, I've seen people do it and it works for them. You know, it absolutely works. I've had people who've done it because they didn't like their name. 
the ethnicity of their name. They just didn't like it. And in my book, I tell you, my name was Lucretia before I got married. And it was just one of those names. I know that as a recruiter, there could create some bias, right? So I know that people do it. It has worked for them. I think that as long as you go about it thoughtfully and genuinely and strategically, it can work for you. But then also sometimes it cannot work for you, you know, and there's different situations that, you know, it could not work for you. But I think that it's a good idea to do it a lot of times. I think that people, especially in the technology space, I've seen people revamp who they are, their name, and they'll use their branded name on their resume. And then you look at their application, you're like, wait, I'm confused. But now you've branded yourself with this amazing name. You have all of this work around that amazing name. Guess what? As a recruiter, I'm going to remember that name because you've done all of this amazing work around it. So it has it, it, its own pros. <laughs> I used to want to go by my last name, um, which well, mm-hmm. my, my, my maiden name, which is Colton. And I used to want to mm-hmm. switch that as to my stage name and Ooh. just by go by Colton. And then a lot of people were like, did you know that there's a soap opera star named Colton? And I was like, and it's a guy. And I'm like, so I probably shouldn't go by Colton because every time I show yeah. up to a casting, they're going to think it's a guy. Anyways, so that did not mm. happen. But I used to, you know, like Cher or Brittany or, you know, Christina. Like right. You have those like one name. And I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. I love it, though. I love it. They've worked. It, they've made it work for them, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it, it works for it them. It can work. It yeah. can work. <laughs> <laughs> well, so when you're thinking of um, what's next for you. So that's kind of where I'm at with you've done so much. And I, I know that you're one of the things that you talked about when we first met on Twitter spaces was that you were um, involved in some challenges um, that you had faced in your workplace and that those had, um, you know, created uh, some, I would say, friction enough to Mm -hmm. leave a specific job and Mm -hmm. that that resulted in a lawsuit. Now, I am going to give you the space to to chat about that if you want to, or we can move past um, well, there's not a lot I can say because of the NDA. We have settled the lawsuit. I can say that from a positive note, I have used the resources to start Black Talent Matters, which focuses, which is my nonprofit, which focuses on helping Black talent succeed professionally, right? Giving them the resources, giving them the opportunity, the space, the learning, the will, things to put in their wheelhouse for them to be successful in their careers. Mm-hmm. I would never want anyone to go through what I went through. It was absolutely horrifying. It was scary. It was a moment of, again, vulnerability, right? Because it was public. Everyone saw it. Everybody had their own opinions about it. Everybody, and of course, everyone can have their own opinions, right? But when you're going through something, something so public and you feel so alone in a sense, even though you have your family, you have your friends, you have this great support system, but the reality is none of their names are on these <laughs> articles mm-hmm. and all of these websites and, you know, they're just not there in, in the space with you, you know? Yeah. Um, but I've used those resources to turn it around and make it a positive and help those who may be having those challenges or help younger individuals who are navigating into their careers understand what those challenges could look like and how do you pivot? How do you create a, a better journey? How do you create the narrative that you want to create in a more positive um, narrative? Yeah, and if you don't know. (laughs) The company she used to work for was Facebook. So um, obviously the pivot for you has benefited not only 
um, other people, like you said, with this nonprofit, mm-hmm. but also, um, you know, you mentioned that there are struggles that you still are working through. Cause you mentioned therapy right. earlier. What yeah. are some, what's something that you could say to people who might eventually go through something like this in their own mm-hmm. workplace, um, where they, you know, obviously are no longer with them, but have to do a pivot and have to do some sort of extra work to mm-hmm. work through whatever it is that might have come from outside forces, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's backlash from articles or negative stuff on the internet, which I think a lot of us go through, not even having mm-hmm. been through what you've been through. Mm-hmm. But where's the, what is the, what's the, the, the way that you can say is a good step or a good next step for someone to take to help themselves, right? To help heal whatever it is that's been Mm -hmm. kind of coming at them. Absolutely. I would first and foremost say get a therapist who understands your journey and understand what those challenges can be and self-care. You know, for me, you know, getting a therapist because historically in our community, you know, therapist is something that you don't go to. Right. Right. And when I was telling some of my family and friends, they were like, you're going to a therapist. What are you talking about? Just, you know, (laughs) you don't need to do any of that. But the reality is those people are in place to help us, you know, understand, you know, what our mental health challenges are and how to navigate that process. So definitely seek out a professional, definitely take the time for self-care. I can say that it has been one of the one of the best things that I've done because it helped me really think about those challenges. It helped me think about what life looks like next for me. I can feel joyous now about that being a part of my life that's not there anymore and now pouring myself into the work that I'm doing now. So definitely seek out a professional, definitely take the time for self-care and self-care can be a lot of things. Self-care for me sometimes is just going to Starbucks, sitting there in the parking lot, drinking a latte. Oh, I'm going to ride through the drive through and get one more, you know, <laughs> or... <laughs> Or no shame, you know, no, no shame. shame. <laughs> Thank you for not judging me, right? You know? <laughs> or just taking a spa day, you know, mm-hmm. just really disconnecting from all of the things that make you so attached every day. You know, um, for me, it was social media during that time of going through everything. There was actually a site um, by white supremacists done about me, and I read the site and. Oh I literally had to take a step back from social media during that time and just decompress, you know? So sometimes self-care can be taking a step back and it's okay. It is okay. Don't feel bad about it. Don't feel shameful about it. Because what I've learned in this journey is I can't help anyone if I don't take the time to take care of myself. I can't pour into the work that I do every day if I don't take the time to take care of myself and understand what taking care of myself looks like. Exactly. Well, so I know that I I had two questions in there and I went from one to the next, but what is next for you after this? I don't know. So I'm telling you first, I don't know. I'm thinking about writing another book. This has been just an amazing journey for me. And and the reality is I'm an open book now. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's continue. You know, I'm thinking about doing another book. I'm thinking about collaborating with a few people who may have went through some of the things I've went through or are working in the communities to make sure that doesn't happen. One person that I would love to work with is Tabitha Brown. I absolutely love Tabitha Brown. Tabitha Brown? I don't know who this is. Tell me. Tabitha Brown is from North Carolina, small town. She actually won the NAACP Image Award for her social media presence, being an influencer. She owns businesses. She's in her community. She's all about social change and social impact. 
I would love to work with individuals who, and it doesn't even have to be at her platform level, right? People who are doing the groundwork in the community. I would love to write another book with those individuals just to give another perspective so Mm -hmm. that people, you know, who are in those communities can see that, hey, someone did it. They made it, you know, and I think that's important for a lot of people. Their journey is so different and there's so many challenges and so many things to face that sometimes it's hard to relate to someone who's done those things. So I think that really diving into the work and doing work with people who've navigated that process would be so amazing. So I'm thinking about writing another book. I am still working really, really hard on my nonprofit, Black Talent Matters. I know that I'm going to be doing that for years and years to come. I know at some point I'm going to have to pass it off, but... (laughs) Well, but that's a great, a great way to make sure that it's not forgotten, right? Because there's passion behind that right now. And, you know, I think a lot of times when people take what they've um, started and then hand it off, sometimes it loses that, that force, that internal Mm -hmm. heat. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so don't, don't pass it off just yet. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not, I got a lot more work in me. Okay. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me on the podcast because the, let me just tell you this book. And I, I, I know that she is just scratching the surface, but there is so much that we did not talk about that is in this book um, relating to um, fertility and his, um, and, and your, um, I think I can't even, I can't even go into it. Your challenges with, um, you know, having to deal with what we actually just talked about on the podcast with Nadia Okamoto. I don't know if you know who she is, but she, right. She was just talking about period poverty and the, the absenteeism that Mm -hmm. young girls go through because they have, um, you know, strong menstrual cycles and you go through like a ton of information of what your whole, like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, your experience and cysts and, and all of these things, just endometriosis, all of these endometri- things that I mean, we face. Yes. she has gone through it all. And so if you relate mm-hmm. to any of that, even if you don't, I think it's important knowledge to have and to share because there's so mm-hmm. many women who are going through what you've experienced. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this podcast, then I would definitely highly recommend it not only for the tech aspect, the career aspect, mm-hmm. the journey aspect, but also for the health aspect that I think right. she pours her heart out in this book and lets you know exactly how she has felt for years and years and years and what Mm -hmm. she's gone through surgeries Mm -hmm. upon surgeries, um, and how she is still standing. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. You might have another book in the works. So, um, make sure to go check out her book, black (laughs) unicorn in Silicon Valley, a memoir by Anastasia Boone Talton. And thank you so much for joining me again. Thank you for having me. Is your business not connecting or converting your followers online? Book your brand audit today by visiting collegeofstyle.link forward slash brand audit. I look forward to working with you to move the needle on your business and jumpstart your 2022 with strategic messaging and up-leveled visual branding. Click the link and I'll talk to you soon. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Sweet Bites with Sandra, make sure to send an email to info at sandracoltamedici.com. Include in the subject line, be a sponsor.